Hello, Kindleine. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back this week to the hostel. Pull up a chair. We are happy to see you coming back for another visit. Um, lend us your ear for the next approximately 30 minutes to an hour. And <laughs> we will regale you with uh, our tales of, well, what are we talking about today, Sean? <laughs> yeah, so today, week six, um, today we're going to be talking about for our theme of the week is going to be kind of around job seeking in America. You know, we're, we're both recent graduates and we're thinking about going back to school and in a different country. And, and I feel like I kind of have a lot to say about it. And I know that there's, you know, having studied international business, I know there's a lot of differences between kind of how people do it in other places. And I don't really want to give too much input on how other people do it. I just kind of wanted to talk more about like our experiences with it. Um, I will say sure. that I'm very sleepy. I did not sleep very well last night. And I know that Logan is really stressed out. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so we uh, we've got going. our uh, we've got our whiskey with us tonight to help us <laughs> loosen the the uh, the old vocal cords. Yeah, I'll say it too. Um, I've <clears throat> there's been some uh, major constru- ma- major renovations going on in the apartment upstairs, so uh, you might hear. like some crazy banging or something going on in the background but everything is fine and uh it's yeah (laughs) it's been all day it's it's like on top of all the the craziness lately that's been happening but you know you'll have that (laughs) sorry to hear it we we ball so (laughs) so so today kind of the way i wanted to kick this this episode off was to talk about The sort of, I think the best way to kind of do it is to talk about the timeline of what it's like to be a student in America, not just a college student, but even like a high school student and the, I like the, the attitude that everybody kind of has graduating high school and your future is kind of this big question mark. But at the same time, I think when you're in high school, everybody not everyone does the same thing. Some people join the military. Some people, they go into trade. They, they, they do a bunch of different routes. But it seems like culturally, at least from what I've experienced, it's sort of the thing to do to go and, and pick your college and, and take out your student loans and get your degree in, in whatever. And no one knows right off the bat what they want to do. And it's... Uh, but, but I feel like, you know, I don't want to get too, too far into it already, but I feel like, you know, right out of high school, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of pressure, especially in America for kids to like go to school. And if they don't have a scholarship, um, and if they don't have somebody paying them to go in and take out a bunch of, you know, tons of student loans and then immediately put themselves in like a ton of debt, um, I don't know. What's, what's your experience with that? I know you actually, you went a different route with it. Um, yeah. So I, I did have some scholarships. I will say though, I did take out loans as well. Um, for example, for my trip to Greece, that was in the summer. Um, and the, the way funding works here in the States, I essentially had to fund that myself. Um, I mean like, I, I had some, some additional minor scholarships that were kind of like a, a, like a handout or like just a real big favor from my department to, mm-hmm. to do the trip to Greece, but it did not cover the entire thing. I mean, it was expensive and, um, I did have to take out loans. And then when I decided to go on the trip to Austria, I had uh scholarship money and I had some money saved up as well. Uh, but I decided to take out some loans in addition because I saw it as, I think rightly, as a once-in-a-lifetime trip. And I didn't want to have to be worried about money. You know, if I wanted to go to Paris and, like, and and like visit the Louvre, then, like, I wanted to be able to do that. So, yeah, um, that's kind of yeah. my thinking. <clears throat> I think that um, obviously it would have been nice to have 
uh, free school, <laughs> but, and, um, you know, we, we are hoping for loan forgiveness in the States. Um, it's a pipe a dream. Are. Yeah. And, um, it's it is the way that it sucks, but I think that it, it really does open doors. I think I could have been more careful about planning everything out, but I did just sort of go to college because it's the expected thing. I mean, I've I've always yeah. wanted to be educated. I've wanted to learn and study, and um, I have a passion for learning. I really do, but my my first bout with college was. Uh, at least in the beginning brought on by the expectations and uh you know and uh it's right. just what you do it's what you do yeah yeah i i um i know that you know everybody that i met in college kind of all had that similar experience of um well i was i mean a lot of my friends that i made were actually transfer students they kind of did a, a little bit smarter thing than i did they went to a like a cheaper technical school to get all of their initial classes out of the way mm-hmm. to save money and and kind of <clears throat> whether or not their intention was to do it to save money or not they um they did that and then they did the rest of their degree um at the state college but i know that a lot of people go and they do um trades and it's kind of interesting and it's it's such like I don't know if it's just an American thing. If you're if you're not from America and you haven't have some sort of experience or input on this, it, I would love to know it. But in America, I think a lot of people what they do is is <laughs> I'll tell you what. When I was graduating high school, the recruiters would start to come around, and the the whole pull to try to recruit people to get into college is they would go for like the kids that were sort of desperate and they didn't want to go to trade school or they, you know, they wanted to go to college or, or they, they just needed, they just wanted direction and just going in, into college and getting a, um, taking out loans and all that stuff wasn't really an option. And so the whole pull to get people into the military for a long time, I mean, I know that has been to, to get them into college. And I know that it's been like that for a really long time even though college in general and the United States, um, just getting a degree from a state college or a private, especially a private college is, you know, so much more expensive now than it used to be. Um, I, except, you know, back then, um, our buddy Reese told me about, you know, Reese, his, his grandpa ended up joining the Navy just so that he could go to school to be a geologist. And he ended up getting drafted into Vietnam right after that. And yeah. like all of that stuff was, was essentially because he wanted, he just wanted to go to school and that was his only route or it's, oh, yeah. as it seemed, you know, his, it was his free ticket to do it was, you know, I'm just going to, I'll do my, I'll do my couple years. And yeah, I know um, for a little bit you were, I mean, we don't have to get super into it, but, um, I'm guessing that wasn't your like, you know, motivation. I know that you did, you did some time. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't, I, I was one of those people. I didn't really have a route into college or at least I didn't think that I did. Um, neither of my parents got a, you know, went to a, uh, traditional college to get a four year degree. So I didn't have any, I think it's something that's sort of overlooked in our culture. A lot of people who go to college, they don't realize what it's like to not have a legacy, I guess. You don't have an over, older sibling who got a college degree and you don't have parents who got a college degree. And right. that is a, I mean, it's something I think a lot of people take for granted. Um, it's really hard. I mean, there's so many processes that, I know how to do now. And, you know, if I have kids um, and, the, and they want to go to college, I'll be able to walk them through a lot of this. But it's, I mean, it's a, it's like looking at that as just a kid kind of on your own, um, right? Yeah. Like a 17 year old, 16, 17 year old on your own, try, thinking, okay, what about college? I just, there was no way that was an option for me. So, 
And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I mean, for people who, you know, <laughs> like older generations who might gripe about students wanting loan forgiveness, for example, well, when they went to school, um, you know, you could actually, for the, the price of like a cup of coffee a day, excuse me, um, and, f- and for a part-time job, you could pay for a college degree. It's not that way yeah. anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, universities here are businesses. They're bloated with administration <clears throat> and... Um, I, not, not to get into ones, uh, you know, oh state yeah, colleges. state ones. Yeah, it's it's very um like admin sort of bloated bureaucratically, but not even that. It's like also, for example, presidents who make way too much, and it's like, what do they do? Um, that's a whole topic on unto itself. But the the point is, um, of what I'm saying is that college is expensive, and um, it's it's outrageously and. and disproportionately more expensive than it was for previous generations. And at the same time, much more necessary for aspiring professionals. As you mentioned, you can go into the trades. Um, and, but I think there is sort of, I did that as well. Um, when I got out of the military, I went into the trades and I was, uh, doing commercial electric and, it's a different culture, man. It's not necessarily a culture that's, at least from my experience, um, this is anecdotal. If someone has a different experience, I mean, you know, that's what it's all about. Uh, and I'd love to hear about it, but I do, I can say that from my experience, it was not super pleasant with some of the, the, uh, old salty dogs who (laughs) like framers and, uh, carpenters and stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of them were pretty, it, it didn't feel like you go to college and there's this openness and this, um, it's, it's a positive, a very positive environment, but not just that it's a, it's an environment where people will challenge each other and, um, and work really hard, <laughs> not just like do the job that needs done for their paycheck, but they'll work really hard to figure something out. Like they really want to get to the heart mm. of, you know, whatever their topic of study is. And right. I found that here in the States, at least, um, my experience in the commercial trades was that that environment was not very friendly. There's a lot of, um, a lot of hazing and stuff like that, but yeah, I didn't know that. I, I had no idea that you even did that. That's, oh yeah. That's completely new to me. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, I did, uh, like about a year. I was actually, I was working like three jobs. That's, that's- <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty significant amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Yeah. And another thing, too, to kind of add on to that about, you know, going to college and sort of how you kind of you went that route immediately after high school. I think in, in some other cultures that would be like sort of expected even in contrast to American culture where you're kind of expected to go to college. It doesn't, and they, and they don't even push necessarily going to college for anything specific. It's just like go to college and get your degree. Right. Where, and where, you know, you have some colleges, I don't know all of them, but I know that Australia is one of them, for example, that it's very customary that after college that kids will, they'll take a year off and they won't, they won't go to school. They'll, they'll go and they'll, They'll work and then they'll go on a trip to Europe or something and um, they take a gap year. I know that that's a big thing in some cultures and it's not it's not a thing here at all. It's like get on. Yeah, the house and, and, it's like the weird thing. thing to do. The gap year is kind of the weird thing to do here. People feel like a failure if they go to college and they get their bachelor's degree and they they immediately get some some unrelated job or they, you know, move in with back in with their parents or something like that. They, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I I know people that have done that just because they had to do it because, you know, it's a whole other topic that we're going to talk about, but, um, there's almost like a stigma around graduating and then, and then like, not, not like, like going somewhere. And, and, and I, and the reason I say that is because there's like, I feel like in retrospect of, of college, 
Um, and I know that you could probably relate with this a lot as somebody who went to college for classics and then now you're doing tech that <laughs> yeah. you don't have time and you don't really like there's no one telling you to kind of there's there's not a lot of guidance in in consideration of like like think about what you're going to get out of the degree. I know you had an actual goal of what you wanted from your previous degree, but most people they'll go to school and they'll be like, well, what do you want to do? And people will be like, well, I like art and I like, you know, fashion or I like, you know, something like that. And, and, and it's not, it's a huge decision. That's a huge investment that you're going to be paying for, for years and years and years and years. But it's, it, it's almost like not presented as such a big commitment that you should be strategic about. It's like, it's almost like yeah. there's this notion of like, well, you never know, you never know what you're going to get from it. So just do it. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's bad. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. It sucks, man, because I think that, uh, you should be able to, to be a little reckless and pursue passion rather than mm-hmm. chasing, chasing money. Now I find passion in like computer science and I find passion in working in tech. Um, <clears throat> but I also found passion in, in classics and in German. Um, and and there wasn't nothing immediately relevant to those fields was presented to me as far as work. That shouldn't prohibit me from studying those things, you know, in uh in in in, in a perfect world. And right. um now Perhaps like my incentive for getting into tech initially was um, was financial, um, and and then you know just as as sort of a consequence of getting into it, I've sort of started to fall in love with it, um, and, and that's I think that's mostly true, but you know, I just I think as as a person in tech, I can say a lot of jobs are being automated. A lot of, we're saving so much time now, and we're getting more work done than ever. We're working more than ever. I mean. You could even go back to like <laughs> the medieval days, right? Peasants would, and we can go back further, but I mean like peasants didn't work for like half the year. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I mean, they, cause they, I mean, you're not planting and, and people just didn't work all year. They didn't work 40 hours a week, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. And, and all these festivals, holidays, etc. cetera. It, it's crazy how little people worked. And <clears throat> even back to ancient Greece, Right? We could like, do a whole topic on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. People, people didn't, I mean, ancient Greece, you look at their calendar of like all of their, their festivals and things. And, um, <laughs> I mean, of course, of course I should say there, obviously there were slaves who worked all the time. So that is, that is an important difference for sure. For sure. But I mean, we have, <laughs> we have computers, man. I mean, the, the amount of uh, like operations a computer program can do in, in milliseconds, you know, that people were doing by hand on paper previously in the, in the last 50 years. And if we're working the same amount of time, people are, I mean, c- compared to, say, the cost of college, which is skyrocketed, people aren't making much more money right for their 40 hours and yet their time hasn't gone down but like the money's all at the top of course that's how it works but yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's fascinating i think and and uh <clears throat> it's i guess my point is i think um that's something i've always admired about for example germany is that you know there's you school doesn't cost you the i mean the an arm and a, a leg. A year's salary, you know, like yeah. like a, a decent salary, like to just get a degree. It's like they I mean, people support each other through through their taxes and everything. And so you 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 get your degree and you can study classics without right. like literally going into horrible debt. So Right. Yeah. And um I think that's a good way to kind of bounce off into the next thing that I sort of wanted to talk about, which was the differences between cultures that, you know, I, I, I kind of want to keep it on, on subject of sort of like the cultural <laughs> side of it and then, and how yeah. it's kind of specific, it's kind of specific to America, you know, and, and I'm sure that there might be other places that do it the same, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to speculate too much. 
But I know that that's some of the things that America has that that most places, at least, I'd say, I'll say the socially developed places that (laughs) there you go. Yeah, there we go. Um, and I'm not even just talking about economically developed places. I'm just, I just mean like socially developed. I know that, um, so something that, something that America has that some people might, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are very aware of it, but might not be aware of it is, you know, in Europe, something that they don't have is at will employment. That's a thing that America has, which basically means if you get a job and, and you know, people debate about this a lot, whether or not it's right and wrong, you make up your own mind, but it basically means that the employer, they don't, they can, they can hire who they want and they don't have to give any, any answer. They don't have to give any sort of, of justification and they can fire you on the spot. It doesn't matter if they told you that you're going to work for 50 grand and then for a year and then we're going to bump you up to six figures after a year there's no contract involved where they have to keep you on they could you could get right to the day before they bump you up and they could fire you they could hire you one moment and they could say that they're going to pay you this salary and they could fire you a week later that's basically what it means and i think that most americans think is like you know they think like okay yeah that's like normal but it's not like that everywhere it's uh, there's, I mean, I think most places, um, at least I know that in Europe, if you want to fire somebody, you have to give a legitimate reason. You have to, yeah. you have to, you have to go through all kinds of, of crap. Um, it's a hassle. <laughs> it's, it, they yeah. make it difficult to fire someone maybe politically yeah. or, or, um, yeah, like for, for no good reason, I guess. And that's kind of why unions exist is to kind of, um do the kinds of things and, and kind of provide the kind of like work environment and the uh, security that I think is sort of inherent in a lot of different governments just in general for everybody. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to uh, band together as workers to, to really be able to demand anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty yeah. yeah. And we know how that works out for a lot of people. Yeah. I can say well. it. It's it's funny because a lot of tech people in America are so well paid these days, um, so nobody is talking about unionizing or anything like that um, because ev- everyone's happy, right? So, right. Um, but then you have, for example, I know of some airlines who um, hire, uh, I believe, like a a lot of people from India who want to get. Um, like who want to hold a visa and like, and eventually like get a passport and everything and be able to just stay in the U S permanently, um, and work here. So what they do is it's, it's very like predatory because there's no, there's no unionization in the industry, for example. And, um, and there, there aren't very many protections for workers. They, they basically bring people in and promise them that they will extend or like, They'll, um, oh, soon you'll get the big, you know, you'll get the full, the real money. Like soon you'll get the real job with the real benefits and everything. They don't give them the benefits. They don't give them the real job. They give them pretty, I mean, very low pay for the industry and basically hold them using like the visa as like the, uh, as their chip, you know? So, if, well, I wasn't if you, aware of that. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, that's what happens. And you don't think about it because, you know, tech again, it's where, everyone everyone wants to be a like a software engineer these days because like you hear about uh, like crazy salaries for people and stuff and for the most part that's true but there's also i mean there aren't protections so you do also have people in the margins um who are facing these sort of predatory tactics by companies it's pretty nuts Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's pretty crazy yeah and uh, it's it's kind of crazy how how certain organizations and and sort of like tenure and stuff like that has to has to be there to provide some semblance of security. And I know you know certain people are big fans of the fact that it's that way. Mm. Um, but you know we had even tech. You know, you're talking about these big high paid jobs. I mean, no one like really nobody's safe. 
because you know unless unless of course like your union or or whatever and i'm not saying i'm also not saying that it's perfect everywhere else as well i mean look at you know look at the 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 riots and the protests that are happening in france like every week because people are constantly trying to exploit people and mm. and you know the and they're you know they still have to fight for it it's not i'm not saying that it just comes easy for everybody i mean every country and every place has its problems but some of these kinds of things are, are just specific to the u.s um yeah yeah like morris i mean he had um and he's probably listening um so i'm not trying to <laughs> Hi, Morris. You. i'm not trying to yeah I'm, I'm not trying to like um you know i just wanted it's just kind of relevant that you know he came here and he graduated from school and was living here for years and got a job he got the dream job the tech job the six-figure job at a cool company and you know the tech industry just kind of tanked for a little bit and you probably heard about how you know tens of thousands of people making like really good paid jobs just because the tech industry tanked out west you know were let go and it created this like this big vacuum and and Mm -hmm. and, then tech jobs were just and I know, I know you've experienced this. I mean, tech jobs were just kind of, you know, you've got these really experienced people coming from these big companies and everyone's yeah. fighting for, for the, <laughs> yeah. the slice of the pie. And, and he mm-hmm. was a victim of that. Um, it was, it was months. I mean, I don't even, it was probably a month after he got hired and that was just, I felt really bad about that. That was, and that was just another example of that. It's a, it's really like the perfect example. No, absolutely. And and to build on that example as well, you I remember seeing uh <laughs> like people working at like European branches of of these big tech companies, you know, they were like <laughs> they were like, "Um, actually, <laughs> like you can't just yeah. do that to us. Like we have protections here." And yeah. It's interesting to see and- that a lot of the bigger companies, you know, who have uh have big offices big big locations here in in the states as well as in europe like they weren't able to to do what they did it's it's similar to sorry i know i know you have a point i'll finish um but oh no you're okay yeah you're fine it's similar to like how (laughs) it's kind of funny you can be jaded as an american like oh like mcdonald's mcdonald's and uh i don't know like mcdonald's in austria or something like they pay their employees more than than McDonald's does here in their own like home, you know, <laughs> their home arena. And that's not because McDonald's like cares about them more or wants to, right? It's because like they have to <laughs> because workers right. band together and, and demand that. And so there are laws in place because of workers demands, mm-hmm. but yeah. So you see it yeah. in all, in all uh, industries, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think, I think it's just because inherently here, um, people who are in power and I know a lot of people who aren't in power and they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're very, they're opinionated in the sense that they believe in protecting the company over the people. And it's like, if you talked about, you know, and I understand some people would say with this topic, they'd say, yeah, you know, they let all let, they let go of all of those people. But if they had kept all those people, then the company could have gone out of business and then everybody would have lost their job. That's always the the argument. But make up your mind whether or not that justifies it and whether yeah. or not you really think that that would happen because look at the places, you know, you know, we have, we've got plenty of examples of other places that don't do that and that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, I, I don't think, want to get too too opinionated and and throw my you know <laughs> throw my uh my harsh extreme political opinions out there too much, but sure, yeah, it's it's kind of hard not to with this topic. No, it is, and and it can be offensive. I understand, but I think it's important mm-hmm. to talk about. I know, like for example, again in tech, we have um, the advent possibly. Um, I mean, we certainly have the advent of artificial intelligence. It's just not entirely clear to what extent that's going to affect the tech industry um or i mean other industries so i know you go to again i'll say mcdonald's you go to mcdonald's and there's like a 
a kiosk where you order at instead of a person to take your order. Or maybe there's both, right? Um, like an electronic kiosk and then there's a person. And um, I know most likely, I mean, in countries and places where workers have protections and bargaining power, um, AI is just far less likely to replace people, to replace people in the workplace. Right. Right. Um, and, and the, the key thing here is that wh- why would you want to replace people with AI? Well, because it's, you don't have, there's no, um, you don't have to treat AI humanely. It's just a tool at this point, right. In our thinking to, to get work done really efficiently and really cheaply. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can essentially automate everything and fire your whole workforce. Is that what we want? Probably not. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's where the conversation kind of is brought up of like when the labor output is equal, but it doesn't require as much manpower, then yeah. what? When there's not enough work to be done by people, what do you do? How do you distribute the wealth? I mean, yeah. that's, that's where it really comes into play. And everyone's like, oh, we shouldn't do AI. We shouldn't do robotics because it's replacing workers. It's replacing jobs. But then again, it's like the you like the in the big picture, if you zoom out a little bit, look at the fact that the AI is producing enough. It's producing as much as as X amount of of people would have. So therefore. Do you really need that many workers? And, you know, you know, imagine imagine where a, a world where there's not that many you don't need that many workers at all, like in just in general. The only things you need are are just administrative roles. You know, all, all labor is is essentially rendered useless. How do you redistribute the wealth? Does it mean mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't have some specific skill or if you don't have some specific position, then you don't get to eat? Then you don't get to live somewhere, even though the same amount of, of physical output is actually being put out by humanity and by AI and by robotics. You have yeah. to think about how and I think that's how like in the United States it's my theory that that's how so many of these like quote unquote made up jobs, these middle management jobs where people are essentially just like clicking emails and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's how they exist is because there's just like, (laughs) I understand that there's a lot of work that does need done today, but just, I'm talking about like the hypothetical future of AI sort of like taking over and the, and the, the amount of, of labor output that, you know, the average person can kind of put out with all of this new technology that's coming out. Um, you kind of have to talk about wealth redistribution and, and how, how to kind of make that more, um, human. Yeah. And, uh, pander more to the people. No, I, I totally agree. And such a fascinating topic, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it really is simple. It's like, um, if, if we're talking, America versus for us, like Germany. I mean, it's, I like, I know personally, I hate to respond out of like a fear or something, but I think it's honestly responding rationally. It's like, where, where would you rather be if the, the conversation is being had of like, well, we can um, maintain profits and cut costs with AI by cutting workers. Right. I know where I would rather be. So Right. That's, I mean, that's that. <laughs> yeah. Another Blunt thing too. Flu. Yeah. That, um, and I'm not just trying to be a big, big negative Nancy. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at, at real. And maybe I did kind of, I, I did kind of biasly think of all of these big contrasts between employment laws and the United States compared to other countries is what a lot of people don't know in the States is that um, you actually legally, you know, we're an at will company, but then you think, you know, oh, well you can't discriminate and fire someone because they're gay. Right. Well, actually in the United States, one point that I want to say before I even get into that is the fact that even if, if like, you know, if you're firing somebody for a, a prejudiced reason, it doesn't matter anyway. You can just make an excuse and fire them in the States and it doesn't matter. So bad like, culture te- fit. Te- technically. Yeah. Technically <laughs> you can always fire someone for any reason and just say it's something else. 
but it's actually legal to fire people. Um, I have it pulled up. There's uh, 29 states in the United States that you can fire somebody specifically Golly. for being gay. Um, and yeah, Ohio is one of them. West Virginia is one of them. Um, Ooh, what about Oklahoma? <laughs> Oklahoma is one of them. <laughs> Texas is one of them. Uh, all you know, all of the all of the ones that you would think. Um, New York, even you can fire somebody for being gay in New York. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of surprising, and yeah, twenty nine of them. Uh, Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, those are out. Um, Massachusetts, Maryland, you cannot, but you know, that's, that's pretty big. And then, um, and there's other things that you can discriminate with as well. I mean, I have a chart pulled up here. You can, in every state, it looks like you can discriminate on age. You cannot hire somebody for, uh, your age, you can you can not hire somebody. You can fire someone for their marital status in Alaska, and in California, and Connecticut, <laughs> and Delaware, and D.C. and Florida, and Hawaii, and Illinois, and to almost every end? state. Um, for what reason, man? You know, like it's uh, a good point. Like, are you married or not? That's gonna that's gonna affect whether or not you're hired here. I, I just you can can't make, fire. I can't someone wrap my head around it. You can fire someone for their political affiliation in California and DC and New York and Puerto Rico. Um, familial status. So if someone, if you have kids in a few states, you can fire someone if they have kids. Um, you can use that as your, I mean, I mean, once again, you can fire someone for any reason and you can just say something else, but you can legally that can fire be fire someone. You can literally fire someone and put it on the <laughs> document. Yeah. It's like, uh, um, and even then it's, it's kind of funny, darkly, very darkly funny in a bad way. Cause you could be like, Oh, I'm not, uh, you can. You could lie about your racism and say, like, I'm not firing you because of, like, you know, you're Asian or black or something, but I'm actually firing you because you have kids <laughs> or because you're gay, yeah. like, legally. It's like, yeah. it's like, uh, I mean, that's insane. It's insane. It's like, I mean, wow. <laughs> I actually, I didn't know that. I'm learning something. So, so what, I mean, it's legal. That's yeah. There's a lot of. Um, I'm trying to even wrap my every head state. It. Every state you can discriminate. You can fire somebody and not hire somebody for some type of discriminatory reason in every state in America. Yeah. Do you know? I think I think it's like the. There's a weird obsession with kind of libertarianism here, where <laughs> people are like. Well, like, what if just in case, like, someone wanted to, like, you don't want to be prohibited from firing someone for having kids, like, <laughs> like that's the government encroaching on my rights, and it's like, no, dude, you're just being, that's just inhumane for you to want to fire someone for any of those reasons. It just makes no, I don't know, I don't know. I, it's a and it and it is a consequence of of workers not having having the the power when it comes to uh bargaining right right nuts man um it looks to me like there was a law that passed in 2020 that may have changed whether or not you can fire somebody for being uh lgbtq um but it's uh very extensive and i'm hoping it's called the uh I'm hoping that it, you know, things have kind of changed a little bit. But as of me being in college, um, it was that was the case. So, um, and all of those, all of those uh, discriminatory things that I said uh, just now, those those are those are relevant to today. Um, but yeah, kind of a fun. I mean, not so fun fact, but. Uh, <laughs> Welcome Another to the hostel. Is, is that, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the hostel. 
it's a safe place to um, this is, look let me say i mean this is a this is an important part um it's the acid bath when you experience a different culture rather you leave your own your home right so for for us this is leaving ohio and west virginia to go across the ocean <laughs> to right um visit you know the old world <laughs> as yeah well a big part of that and y- you have to you have to be open to this is testing you know the things you take for granted you know against the acid bath of of difference which is like you know um well, like, I mean, obviously freedom isn't like autonomy is important, but who's, whose freedom is being infringed if you, you know, make a law protecting gay workers, whose freedom is being, uh, is being like <laughs> limited by That's creating a, a law to, and so these sorts of topics, even though it does seem I I know there's sometimes a sentiment that being critical critical of like of policy is almost unpatriotic. But if if you so love free speech and you so love, you know, your democracy, then um actually being critical of your government and being critical of policy is the most patriotic thing. And 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 again, not not to talk about patriotism or whatever, but it's just important as part of traveling writ large um, or, or in general um, to challenge yourself and to challenge your beliefs and to challenge your own culture, no matter what mm-hmm. culture you're coming from. That's a, that's yeah, all. And, and, and it's not that I, I, I don't point these things out because it's just um, because I just want to, you know, like I'm trying to change anybody's mind about anything. Yeah, yeah. But the, but where I'm coming from, there's a lot of things I love about the United States. When I when I'm abroad, I feel more patriotic than ever. But it, this comes from a place of I think I think th- these kinds of conversations and the reason I bring these conversations up and why I talk about it so much in this sense of of looking at the negative is not just because I'm looking at the negative, it's because it's something that my entire life I overlooked until I went somewhere else that sort of opened my mind that things could potentially be different. And, and it's like, and it's like, I, I kind of wish that we had it that way. You know, the, you know, we could, we could talk about a billion different topics of things that I've seen implemented in other societies. And I think that's where like, you know, travel and just like staying in the hostel and going places is, is good because you bring that back home and you want to like enact change to make where you're from a better place. So mm-hmm. it's not all just like negative nihilism, hopelessness, um, you know, just trying to take a crap all over the American flag. But <laughs> yeah, no, not but at that's all. sort of like where I'm coming from. It's just sort of, yeah, you know, um, yeah. unpaid internships. That's another thing that, that we do. Um, <laughs> Not required to give minimum days off, not required to give benefits. Um, that, that'd be great if we could change that, you know. Yeah, and maybe that's the positive spin, I think. Uh, awareness, raising awareness, or even just talking about it openly um, is, is sort of a step. It's a step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, and it's just important to pay attention to that stuff because I think if, if people never pointed that out to me, if I didn't go somewhere else and see it being done differently, then let's say hypothetically, I'm, I'm living in the United States. I've never, I've never gone anywhere. I've never thought about that kind of stuff. I've never seen it in in a different sense and like implemented in a successful way in somebody else's society. Then when I go to the polls and I vote on issues, I'm not going to pay attention to it. Like I would Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's, um, I mean, we didn't even touch on, on the application process of after college. That was something I wanted to touch on a bit. Sure. But yeah, let's I'm do not it. sure how long we've been doing this. Uh, uh, 40, quite a while. 45. 
after you graduate college is another thing <clears throat> that I want to I want to talk about. Yeah. And it's interesting and I would like to get input on other cultures whether this is the same or not because this is how it is in the United States is how much it is sort of changed with this whole with just sort of like maybe the demand for work and the demand for different types of work might have something to do with it. Um maybe I've heard I've heard that companies hiring you know even if they're not actually hiring that has something to do with it um for you know whatever reason but the the demand for jobs and and what they ask for entry level is so much different than it used to be mm, it's not yeah. <laughs> entry level always requires you know like what like at least 2 years of experience or something like that so yeah it it's uh I have that, I have a tweet pulled up. It's in, I think in, um, in the software engineering space in the tech space, it's kind of a famous tweet. <laughs> and I, I, like, I'm not even on Twitter and I've, I just know this, like it lives rent free in my head as, as someone who's been through the, the grueling process of sending out applications to, you know, 200 places. But um, it's a uh, Sebastian Ramirez. He says, uh, I saw, I saw a job post the other day. It required four plus years of experience in fast API. I couldn't apply as I only have one and a half years of experience in fast API since I created the thing. Maybe it's time to reevaluate that years of experience equals skill level. Um, <laughs> it's, I know. Yeah, what well, it's so I I thought re- remembering the anecdote I thought it had been a language it's just that it's an H, it's an API um that he created which is uh it's not a language it's, it's like yeah it's <laughs> and I don't want to get too technical <laughs> but it's like a this um like it's it's this middle piece where you um you know you send in something and um, it, and it processes it or, or helps you to process data in a certain way. Um, it's a tool. The, it's basically a, it's a tool. A tool yeah. It's a tool created. for, yeah. So, um, and <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, I, I want an expert on this book that hasn't come out and you're the one who is writing the book and they're like, Oh, you don't, ha- you don't have enough expert i don't know or like uh it's a yeah but i mean he wrote the damn thing he made it it's a i I mean yeah there's no comparison i can make that's more absurd than the reality (laughs) yeah i think it's the perfect kind of way to sort of describe i mean there's so much to be said about it but that's pretty much what it is yeah like we want someone fresh out of college with 10 years of experience sorry sorry (laughs) oh no you're fine you're fine i was just saying yeah exactly what you said I think most people have that experience and it's not that you can't find something, but it's so funny that even recruiters and, and people in my business school would say when they're like, they would say when you're out there looking for jobs, they're going to say that they want two years of experience, but apply anyways. Yeah. It's like, what, what (laughs) that can't be like, that can't be right. I think, you know, I think it is. um, I think it started. It started and it was like, we want an entry level person and that means you have no experience. So then the applicants were like, okay, I have a little bit of experience and I can embellish on that and that'll make me stand out from the crowd. So then everyone did that. They raised (laughs) the bar. So then the recruiters were like, okay, maybe like all these people have a year of experience saying, okay, maybe our preferred requirements are actually a year and a half of experience. And, um, it's more technical. Like we have more technical preferences on our, um, you know, for our candidates. And then, so everyone saw that and they're like, oh, I've heard of you know, C plus plus or Java. Like I've, I know about Java, obviously. So I'll just put that down. <laughs> like, and then like the embellish, it's like a vicious cycle almost. And, um, and, and part of this is like kind of satirical, but I mean, I, I honestly think that's how it happened. I do because there's also, um, for technical positions, oftentimes the recruiters are not, they're not themselves like technical necessarily not necessarily they might be but 
Um, they don't have to be. And so I can believe you know, that. Yeah. I've heard of like, I mean, people, um, being rejected for, uh, or like are people being hired for Java positions because they have JavaScript on their resume, even though they're not the same thing. Right. So it's <laughs> it, it, not just, yeah, it's, it's an example. It's funny. I also, I want to say <laughs> that this guy has the best use of emojis on his tweet. <laughs> it just makes me happy. It's like, I saw, <laughs> I saw a job post the other day and it's like shirt with tie. It required four years of experience in fast API face palm. I couldn't, <laughs> I, I created a laughing face. Um, and then he said, by the way, in a, resp- a, a reply tweet, he said, by the way, I'm not really looking for job opportunities. I'm happy where I'm at right now. Too happy to look anywhere else and then it's like cool sunglasses guy and then explosion emoji <laughs> i love it dude i like i i don't know i feel like i like this dude just from this tweet <laughs> yeah i think that's the perfect way to to wrap it up and um and kind of like end the uh the topic of of i i suppose not necessarily you know the work environment and the United States, but like breaking into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I want to know um, if you're ready to, uh, you know, you've got some updates that you wanted to talk about if you're ready to talk about them. Sure. Logan's update. I do think this, <laughs> it'd be a hard episode to do. It's sort of, it's a sensitive thing, I think for both of us, but it's a, uh, it's very, a private topic, I suppose. But, you know, if you're looking to go abroad and, and you have a significant other, right. Um, and planning and everything. And then also like, I mean, the, the finance aspects, the, um, applying to universities, if that's your plan. And that's, that's our plan at this point is, uh, is to, to do grad school abroad. Um, right. And so f- right now for my update today, I I'm just going to touch on one thing. Um, but it, it is bringing up a lot of ideas for future episodes. So, <clears throat> number one, <laughs> we realized, okay, we have to do the GRE, right? So, we're looking at grad school. We have to do the GRE. Um, I was also, I was looking at other admissions requirements um, for myself and my partner. Like, she um, is looking at the biology program, and I'm looking at the computer science program. Um, and both require the GRE and we have to do a little bit of research. I know for my program, I have to do a general studies or or a general GRE. Um, and I've started a little bit of practice for that and found a testing center near me. Um, and then for her, I believe that she has a subject specific GRE. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, schools all just all schools and different and even pro this is at the same school so programs at the same school different programs have different requirements obviously but um even the standardized test has has a different set of requirements among uh different faculties um and the other thing the other difference between the two programs that she and i are looking at um so the biology program mentions um, needing the GRE unless you're in a school that falls under the, <laughs> I, I keep saying baloney process, <laughs> the Bologna process. Is it Bologna? I'm so sorry. The Bologna I, I, process. <laughs> I wish I knew. It's the city. It's the, it's the city, not the lunch. Bologna. <laughs> okay. Bologna oh, process. Oh man. I, I have no, oh my God. Dude, I can't say it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Dude, unintended pun right there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But and then um, for so that's for the the biology program. But um, so if if for schools that fall under the Bologna Bologna process, they don't have to submit a GRE. Um, And essentially the Bologna process is this set of standards laid out. Um, I believe it originated at in Bologna at the university there. And that's why it's so named. Um, and then for my program, it says you need to submit a general GRE score, uh, for consideration. 
if you got your bachelor's degree from a school not under the Lisbon Convention. So there's this whole other convention, obviously Lisbon. Um, so, I mean, just be keen and, like, stay ahead. So, like, I mean, I'm looking more than a year out. So I, it's more than a whole recruitment cycle or more than a whole application cycle ahead in the future. Um, and I would definitely recommend doing so because I mean, I'm learning things. Um, my school is not in either of either the Bologna process or the Lisbon convention. So that means we have to submit a GRE. Um, each of us does. And, um, essentially though, I did, I did want to go over really quick because I did learn something, but in Europe, the, um, the Lisbon convention um, it's, it, it was a convention obviously to facilitate or to like, to aid in the, the credibility or recognition of foreign studies between European countries. Um, and so it's just setting up standards and when a country is, falls under the Lisbon convention, then you know that their degree program is, uh, there's parity between their degree program, say, in, in Spain and the degree program in Germany, just as an example. Um, and I think the Bologna Convention is the other one where it, there's a standard of the bachelor's, master's, and PhD program and what level of like rigor those entail. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff <laughs> that I never knew. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess action item for me, as far as my update goes, is studying for the GRE because I am not a right baloney process boy. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that I have to do as well. And I think time is a little bit more pressed on me. I don't know how long you should probably check to see how long your GR, your GRE um, I, yeah. I, I suppose how long yeah. that lasts because no, I know yeah. when I got my, when I got my oral proficiency exam, it only lasted two years, but mm. you know, you should probably make sure it doesn't only last a year. That's a good point. And I, I'm, I sure think, it do, I'm sure um, it does though. The GRE for my program, I believe it said it has to be, um, it has to have been received within six years of maybe program oh. start or application oh, okay. one or the other. So, you know, you have okay. like five or six years. Well then you're, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do Hopefully. that. <laughs> yeah. I should have done that a year ago, honestly. But until, <laughs> until I started applying, I had no idea. So yeah, yes. I guess that's a good point. I mean, we're not talking about studying abroad all that much today. It's not the theme, but if you're planning on, on applying from a specifically a master's school anywhere abroad from anywhere, make sure there's probably some kind of, of exam you have to take. Mm-hmm. So plan on that, count on that. Yeah. If and there's, if you're going to study, there are obviously language requirements for a lot of, pro- I mean, for every right. program, for every program think, there is, it just might be English or, or it might yeah. be not be. That's the thing I think about most master's programs. <clears throat> I know, at least in Europe, just about everywhere I've looked, your bachelor program is going to be in the local language. But there's a whole list in most schools that I've looked at of master's programs in English. So I think if you're an English speaker and you don't want to learn the language before you go there, I think that's probably the best bet. If you have the opportunity to go do a, ba- uh, a master's just go to a state college and pay attention to the uh, the tuition because, you know, in the states, I think you know there's there's cheaper schools than others. But in Europe, you have you might look at one school in in Germany and it's and it's fifteen hundred dollars for tuition, and then this school down the street might be twenty five thousand dollars for the degree that you're trying to get. So keep that in mind. Um, but you and I we're good. <laughs> Oh, we're I don't, good. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I know you probably don't want to have to pay that much money for school again. I think that's 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 ultimately the the biggest benefit of getting our masters in in Germany isn't just being there and having the opportunity to move there and live there. It's it's you know 
affordable schooling. It's it's the most affordable way to go back to school and get your <laughs> get your master's. Funny enough, yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, it is kind of funny I'm going across the world for a cheaper education. But Much I, cheaper. yeah, gosh, I I will say, uh, I was I was saying this on the phone earlier, but the um, the ancient Greek word for scholarship, it, like it's literally the same word. I mean, it's it's cognate, but uh, skole is like the word for leisure. And I don't know, I'm just really looking forward to taking time to just do nothing and saving up the money and hopefully getting a scholarship to do nothing but like study. And, and also I'm on top of like the computer science, but, uh, study the language and like immerse myself because that's what it'll be, man. I mean, we'll be, (laughs) we'll be dedicating two years to gaining expertise learning and immersing ourselves in that culture and that's a really amazing i mean i i can't speak for everyone but i think if you can somehow like save up the money and make it happen to where you're going for a master's like um it's a kind of a good at the very least a good (laughs) cop-out like you get to go and and do school for Mm -hmm. free for two years and uh and improve your resume and, and whatnot so yeah. And, you know, to, just to cap on that, the thing that kind of um, one, it, it's going to be such a weight off my shoulders when it's finally happening. And I can just know that all I have to do is just study and pass my classes and I'm fine, especially yeah. after um, getting my bachelor's degree. And I'll say that when we talked about it six weeks ago <clears throat> and we were talking about our study abroad stuff and our plans for what we wanted to do. We said that, or I said that the older that you get, the harder it is to justify doing it. But the more I think about it, the more it's kind of hard to justify not doing it, at least in the capacity that we are doing it in terms of going and getting a master's degree, because you get your master's out of it. You know, I'm not advancing a career and I'm not saving money, but I'm getting a cheap education. I'm mastering the language. I'm getting a master's degree out of it. And I spent enough time getting work experience that I'll have money saved up to where it's going to be even easier than, than my bachelor's program. And it's going to be two years. It's going to be two easy years where I can just and I'm I'm actually really happy that we're doing it the way that we are. I know that um, there's virtue in doing it other ways, but I can um, personally vouch for the uh, the sort of way that we're going about it. Absolutely. But I, you're gonna do good. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I I mean I recommend it. And and also you know, uh, well. Yeah, I was just gonna say to those kids doing still in their undergrad, <laughs> um, man, I know I was like just counting down the days to to that being over. But I do think the professional world is in a lot of ways more stressful, um, at least here in the states. I, I mean, I you know that's my experience, but but yeah, I mean, I'm I agree with you, Sean. I'm I'm happy we're doing it the way we're doing it and I implore any listeners who might be on the fence like think about and and consider pursuing that as a route. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if yeah, it fits into your if life, you miss, especially if you missed your study abroad. You know, I know it's, I know a lot of people that they didn't study abroad and they regret it. Um and mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of amazing. Yeah how many cheap master's programs there are out there taught in English. Yeah. Right. That's, it's it's pretty incredible. Sean, I know Constance has, uh, (laughs) like they, they have, you can study abroad for a semester. (laughs) So we'll be, (laughs) we'll be studying abroad and then we'll take a study abroad. Um, (laughs) to the UK. I think, I think mine is, uh, I would be in Germany as a student and then I would have a study abroad program in the UK for, I think a month. Dang. Yeah. So that's, that'd be, it's kind of funny, but anyway, um, this was going to be a short episode. I thought it was going to be one 
and it ended up being the longest one that we've done so far. But I don't regret because it. Because it's because we're recording on Thursday. It's been more than a week, so we have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are cutting it a little bit close, but um, it's good to stay consistent. Um, and I am a little bit, I'm a little bit sleepy. I'm a little bit out of it. So let's um, wrap it. Yeah, great talk. I think man. this is a good. It's a good time to wrap it up. Um, and I will say, I, I want to do a little call out that if you have made it this far, if you've been listening to it, I appreciate it. Um, thanks for listening to the entire conversation. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, just I just you know I ask that you you know keep showing support. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed, especially friends and family. And if you know anybody who might want to learn more or has any interest in any of the topics that we talk about, it's always going to kind of, I think, uh, center around the kind of things that we've been talking about so far. So yeah, Mm -hmm. um, share it. I would really appreciate it because we are very small and it's only uh, been six weeks but we can we plan on continuing it for a very long time so you can count on us to be here every Thursday. Yeah, anything oh, you want to yeah. add Logan? I I uh I'd also like to thank you for listening this far. <laughs> um and yeah, I mean I I appreciate it. Um Sean, do we do we have a plan for a guest or anything next week? I know we've had some talks of a, a very close friend of ours possibly coming on. Um I know we haven't discussed this in any official capacity, but might we have yeah, a guest I think coming I, I, soon? I do actually plan on having a guest. Um, you'll just have to tune in to find out. But we will <laughs> we will likely be having a guest as as long as they um, continue to be available. Then that's the plan. Yeah. Ooh. Thunder's rolling in here in Oklahoma, so. Uh, I think that's my cue, but uh, thanks everyone again for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Thursday and uh, yeah. See you then. Yeah. Thank you. Good night, Logan. Good night, Sean.